that's going, folks. Blind Bargains. Two, 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 two. Oh, wait. No, not that many twos. Three twos. Two, twenty-two. Good to be with you, March 2021. We are making it through the year. Uh, hey, about ready to go for some conferences. Well, virtually. Virtual conferences. I guess we'll be doing some of that. So lots of interviews and things like that coming up over the next few weeks. Joe will be back soon as well with some more awesome content. This one's going to be about a 30-minute or so interview that I recorded with Christine Malik and JJ Hunt from an awesome podcast called Talk Description to Me. Current events especially happen with a lot of visual context that most people can see. But if you don't know what something looks like, you might have a false idea of what is actually going on. Whether it's the insurrection at the White House or the look of a Zoom meeting room, description can be a vital tool for understanding the world around you. So JJ and Christine are going to come on in just a second to talk about Talk Description to Me, another really cool podcast you should subscribe to. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your patience as we kind of took a little more time off than normal. Uh, you can, of course, go back and listen to some of our past episodes. Uh, there was actually just an update for the Spectrum Access app, which we talked about. and It's now on Android as well. So go check out that episode a couple back to learn more about that. And uh, we had uh, you know, our regular kind of a uh, news and opinion and googly thing. Googly? 221, that's our last one. Just tell your player of choice, hey, listen to the Blind Bargains cast and it will play it for you. If you have feedback about this or anything else, it's feedback at blindbargain.com. And of course, you can find us all over the place, including on Clubhouse. If you have not heard, Clubhouse is a new app that's taken the world by storm. It's right now on iOS, and it's an audio-based chat meeting and networking app. It's a lot more than just a voice chat app. There's actually lots of rooms. It's kind of like uh, going to a conference and tapping into a whole bunch of different sessions, coming up on stage, talking to people, it's a brand new platform, still learning. It's kind of invite only at the moment, but uh, just talk to one of your friends. It's likely they already have Clubhouse and they could probably get you an invite. So you can get the Clubhouse app and then look for Blind Bargains content and other cool stuff. Uh, me and Joe and Shelly and Chancy and a whole bunch of other cool people are on Clubhouse. So definitely uh, check that out as well. Now, without further ado, let's get to the main bite of BBQ Byte 222. You're listening to the Blind Bargains Cast. Blind Bargains Cast. Welcome back to the Blind Bargains Cast. Sometimes we talk about other podcasts that have caught our attention that are really doing something unique or different in our space. Talk Description to Me is a podcast that started last summer. As they explain it, where the visuals of current events and the world around us get hashed out in description-rich conversations. They've had about 40 episodes so far describing everything from the protests in uh, Minneapolis with the uh, death of George Floyd to more, you know, kind of casual things like sea shanties <laughs> or just random stuff like that. The Mars land, uh, the Mars rover and all that, all sorts of different types of things. We have both of the co-hosts of the podcast here with us, Christine Malik and JJ Hunt. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks it's great for to having be us. Here. I think you can tell why the voice is uh, who is who, but we'll start uh, with... Uh, <laughs> Well, you never. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Christine, we'll start. I'll start with you um, just to kind of uh, get a little bit of background of how you two got started. Uh, but tell us a little bit about yourself. You like to do a lot with arts and culture. You're a bit of a musician as well uh, up in uh, Toronto. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks. So I'm currently working as kind of a consultant in arts and culture in the blind community. And so I 
I'm the, the model for the gig economy worker. I run a few culture programs for the CNIB, which is the Canadian National Institute for the Blind in Toronto. I'd have a piece each month on Accessible Media Incorporated, and I have other gigs sort of in the arts and culture world, and I am a musician as well. So in the before time, I was a subway musician, and I miss that so much. Uh, so now I have a Patreon page of my own where I have lots of music posted, and I've been totally blind my whole life, and so I'm kind of defined by curiosity. I'm always curious about something, and when I hear about a topic or an issue, I'm kind of wondering about questions or issues around the edges. And that's kind of where the podcast came from was when COVID began to be a, a prominent part in our lives. I was thinking about this visuals of the streetscapes and empty streets and people in masks and boarded up shops because of being closed. And it sounds kind of familiar to us now, but a year ago, that was pretty whacked out apocalyptic stuff. So I had asked JJ, who we've been friends for a few years, and he's a professional audio describer. So I asked if he would come on to a couple of the programs that I do, just to talk about what the world was looking like these days. And those went really well. And it got us both kind of thinking and JJ just kind of called me one day. He said, Hey, like, I think there's, there's, we got something here. And so we talked and we talked more. And then we came up with the loose format for talk description to me. And it's been gelling ever since then. That's really amazing. And as you hear the episodes, and we'll play a little clip a little later on, the breadth of the description, the details that I had never imagined from, you know, even something as simple as a Zoom meeting, there's so much that goes into that. Jason, I'm sorry, or JJ. <laughs> you, you and me have the same uh, real name, and I know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I know, but only my mom calls me Jason, and only when she's really angry at me. So. <laughs> All right, so I won't call you Jason. And I'll, I'll, I'll try to stick to Jace, JJ. See, <laughs> but, but, but you have this keen interest in description. You, uh, it's I marked on the a blog that you want to describe everything from the donut machine at a county fair to much more detailed stuff. So, what brought you in? as a sighted person to the world of audio description in the first place? Well, I got into it through theater, actually. I'd, I'd done theater in university, and I, I kind of came out of that and thought maybe I'd get into voice work. And, and I tried some straight-up voice work and, you know, commercial auditions, and I just, I just wasn't loving it. And I ended up uh, writing and narrating audio description for movies and TV, and, and, it, and I, I really enjoyed that. That was interesting work. It felt positive. And it was using a lot of the skills that I had from theater. I was really enjoying that. And then I kind of got pulled into the museum side of things, which was fascinating. So describing art and cultural spaces and galleries, that, that was really cool. And then I got into the live description of events like the Pride Parade or the Pan Am and Para Pan Am Games. And it was around that time when I started describing event spaces that I, I realized kind of anything could be described. You know, we're, we're quite narrow in our focus sometimes as professional audio describers, where it's movies and TV and plays. But the more the, that, that we are doing this as describers and professionals, and the more the audience is involved in hearing this description, the more we have a dialogue, we, we have a common language, 
now we can start branching out and that's kind of where this came from yeah this idea that you can you can describe everything you can describe the donut machine you can describe uh you know uh, the hot dog cart and you can describe the moon and you can describe anything so why not let's try it and that's what uh, christine and i have been doing week by week since the summer and even when it comes to description, you know, a lot of times as a blind person, it might be the first thing to turn to the radio, which has always been the auditory medium for describing things. But even people on the radio, they make some assumptions that you would know what certain things look like. And they're not going to go into the same level of detail as you might get from an actual um, audio description of something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when you're true. when you're in the movies. Sorry, go ahead, Chris. Oh no, I was just going to agree that it's absolutely true, and that came up in our recent episode on the Mars landing, the Perseverance landing, because people would say like, you can watch the NASA coverage, and it's all talking and talking and talking, but it's not really going to give you what you need if you're a blind person trying to be a spectator of that event. So I was actually just listening to that episode that was fascinating. One of the things that really stuck out to me was the things that we don't really even think about. Um, JJ brought up the way that the wheels are attached to the the rover and that the three wheels on either side are attached to each other, but they're not, there's only one brace, if you will, that attaches it to the actual, for the rest of the craft, which is something like, you, know, you would never think to, to come up with something like that. So Christine, maybe you could uh, fill us in a little bit uh, and then JJ can back you up as far as how does the process for an episode like that come in? Do you come up with questions to ask him? Does JJ, do you just already come up with images to describe? How does the process work? We agree on a topic. So for this one, for example, like I'm a big space geek and, and JJ tolerates my geekery and, and um, he's <laughs> willing to do to do space episodes. And so we knew we wanted to talk about that. And it seemed obvious to sort of cover what does the hardware look like? That's That part was sort of went without saying. So that's where JJ would start in his his research. And as a sci-fi fan, I kind of said, well, you know, there's all this science fiction set on Mars and the rover is going to land somewhere. So could we talk about Martian landscape? And all of it was super exciting to me. But where I got really excited was when JJ was describing the the landscape and so episodes kind of go like this. He's He has sort of material that he's researched. And then during our conversation, there may be something I'm not clear about. So I'll ask questions. And then when he got to the landscape stuff and started describing that it's actually a, a, la a former lake crater and there's a delta. And when I heard those earth words um, <laughs> attributed to another planet, I got really excited. So th that's when the fun stuff kind of happens. And I said, okay, so... When you're looking at the undoctored images of just the basin, do you see delta, river, lake? And and his answer was, yes, once you know what you're looking for, it's obvious. It's plain as the nose on your face kind of thing. And so that's where things get really fun for me is when we have not a script, but we have a, a topic and then some directions we think we're going to go. But sometimes he'll say something that will completely just stimulate a whole other range of curiosity for me and we'll end up coming up with something that to me is gold. Yeah, that's exactly it. from, you know, I have my notes and I have some ideas about the way I think a, a topic might unfold. And I, you know, I try and do a little bit of pre-planning with a bit of storytelling, you know, figuring out what's an, how to describe the, if, you know, since we're talking about the Mars rover, how to describe the hardware so that that makes sense. So that when I'm describing how the 
descent and landing are unfolding, how that's going to make sense. So I've got a little bit of that planned out. But then Christine will come up with a question that will have never occurred to me because we interpret the world in different ways. So Christine comes to me with one of these questions and I'm like, oh, okay, now I have to completely go off my notes. I don't have, I I just have to figure it out. And sometimes we'll hit pause so I can look up new images online and get new visuals so I can describe those. But often these days she's asking me about feelings. How does it feel to see that? How does, how does that image how do you respond to that visual, which is really interesting for a describer. We generally don't get to do that. You know, we're there usually to just describe the visuals and it's up to the person who's taking in that description to interpret however they wish. And that's kind of as it should be. But with this, we kind of move beyond that a little bit. And we do talk about how the visuals make you feel. What's your response to them? So we get to have some really interesting conversations. Sure. And JJ, I would imagine it's a bit of a different process doing this podcast versus describing a TV show where you're going to, for that, either write or be given an entire script, right? For audio description ahead of time, for, you know, and you're going to be inserting things into time codes. And this is probably a lot more uh, free flowing, I would assume. Totally. It absolutely is. You know, when, when you're describing a movie or TV show, you are responsible for interpreting someone else's art. You know, they've, they've already put the visuals out there. What you have to do is just describe what you see. And there's definitely an element of that with talk description to me. That's usually how most of our conversations start with describing the physical, describing the basics, get those core ideas understood. And then it moves, right? That's when it, that's when it stretches and moves beyond. And, you know, we sometimes are working on stuff that's a little bit more it's a little bit more out there. Like right now we're working on a dancing. We're working on a, on a, on an episode where we're describing different dance styles. Like, what does it look like when someone's swing dancing? How is that different than the look of ballet? And so trying to describe not a specific ballet performance, but the look of ballet as a whole. And how do the costumes fit into that? And why are those costume choices made? And, you know, trying to wrap your head around some of those ideas it's miles beyond the kind of thinking that I normally have to do if I'm sitting down to describe, uh, you know, a film or TV show. It's just, uh, I gotta, I wear the same hat, the same describer's hat, but I got to turn it sideways because it's just a different way of approaching the material. And it's fun in this context to have two perspectives because, so for example, when we're doing something on space, JJ will say, okay, so what do you think we should, you know, and, and I'll say, okay, this and that, and how about this? And maybe, maybe that too. And then for the dance one, he, we were sort of having a text exchange. He said, what do you think we should cover? And I was like, mm, I don't know. I'm leaving, leaving it up to you. You take the lead. Ha, see my pun there. But <laughs> yeah. like, I really didn't have a direction. I, I just was like, I don't know. I don't even know what I want to know. I want to know everything, which means I don't know what to say. So in this case, JJ's taking his research in his own directions. And I actually think this will turn into one of the more conversation heavy episodes yeah. than, than some others, right. because yeah, I think I'm going to have a lot of questions about uh, the content. So it's fun sure. for two of us to be approaching it with different perspectives and well, ideas. Yeah, and to go back to the the comparison between that and describing for television, if you were, say, describing a dance competition on TV, you are limited by time. And you have to fit your description yes. with the music, with any other dialogue that is already there. And sometimes you don't have time to describe everything. Where here you can go into more detail or as much as necessary to get the entire point across. 
Exactly. That's exactly right. You know, if I'm describing like a dance competition show, it's a perfect example. I've got to get in where they're moving, how they're moving, what side of the stage. If they cut to the audience, I got to get in the audience response. If there's lyrics that are important in the music, I got to leave room for those. And so you get one kind of description, which is a fantastic thing and should be available on every show. Like, let's just start there. That description should be available, period. But with this... If I'm watching a dance clip, and I was doing this today, I was watching some shuffle dancing, and I'm like, oh, man, that's that's the Charleston. So I've already described swing dancing 10 minutes ago, but now we're going to bring back ch- the Charleston because in shuffle dancing, you're doing some of the exact same moves that people in the 1920s and 30s were figuring out in like jazz clubs in Harlem. And there's no time. You can't drop that into a description in live TV or, you know, if it's pre-record, doesn't matter. You don't have room for that. But in this, we can talk about that. We can break that down. Oh man, how does, so how does that dance move that is just gone from, you know, the 1920s to the, you know, to 2010 or whatever, how does that translate? Does it look exactly the same? We can talk about that. We can expand on it. It's it, it's a it's such a treat to have time to do that. And then it makes this lovely loop too, where it's okay to say, "Oh, it looks like the Charleston," because ten minutes ago you described the Charleston, and it makes me think of one of the nicest, most rewarding things someone said about our podcast. He said. I've got about 29 podcasts on my feed, but I always listen to yours first. And he wasn't saying it because it's the best. He said, because it's probably going to give me something that's going to help me understand the rest of them better. And that was just like, wow, we're doing a great thing. And it's just because there's so much context that typical audio description doesn't give the time for. Well, how about we uh, drop in a a quick clip here just for anyone who hasn't heard the talk description to me podcast yet and let's just let people hear a a minute or so of what it uh, sounds like your wrists are rotating so you want that rotating action even though your hands are still spread even though your fingers are spread you want that kind of rotating twisting action so you're you're not pronating your forearm like you're not turning your forearms it's just the wrist it's just about the wrist rotating but your fingers are straight your fingers are kind of spread they're still spread i'm doing and you want to do this at a speed like you're rattling a tambourine like that okay but wait so my left (laughs) hand is going clockwise and my right hand is going counterclockwise is that oh, right interesting no or- I, w- I would want them going back and forth back and forth both of them so you're like twist 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 back and forth back and forth back and but, forth but in the same direction i can't believe we're going down this <laughs> rabbit hole oh my god okay so hold on <laughs> so christine tell me a little bit about what we, what we just heard we did a whole episode on non-verbal hand gestures which I found totally fascinating and I, I'm ready to do three more episodes on that subject <laughs> because I feel like there's so much we didn't get the chance to dive into. And so what we just heard was JJ explaining jazz hands. And so this came from a a listener actually who we were on a call. There was a bunch of us on a call one day or was it email? I don't remember, but someone used the word jazz hands as though to say like, awesome. And she said, all right, I'm just going to say it. I don't have a clue what that actually means. What does it really look like? And I was like, wow, thank you, because I don't have a clue either. So 
we definitely wanted to include jazz hands in the episode. So that was JJ uh, teaching us how to do uh, how to do jazz hands. So our daydream <laughs> was that people would be you know out on a bus or in a restaurant or waiting for their donut or something and <laughs> be in line and and trying to do the jazz hands gesture, looking like a <laughs> total goofus, <laughs> like I was, but except I was in the privacy of my front room, so it didn't matter. <laughs> like send us the video, do a selfie of yourself doing jazz hands with a lot of confuse people behind you because we want (laughs) (laughs) i love those types of descriptions the things that you just wouldn't think of uh one of the ones that steps out at me is the episode about zoom you know as a blind person zoom is just pretty much audio chat like a million other services but there's a lot more that you see and jj as you're describing that this hearing christine's reactions too it's like oh my gosh i didn't realize this was all going on at the same time there's a lot more to it uh, than you might think about. Yeah, I remember when we got someone requested a Zoom, I thought, oh, okay. I mean, I guess I can do that. And and it wasn't until I kind of started sinking into the research and really considering the look of Zoom that I realized, oh man, I am taking so much of this for granted. Like the idea that there were filters that you could use to like, you know, a little bit of Vaseline on the lens. If you, if you haven't got your makeup on in the morning, you got the, you know, the sleep in your eyes, you can put the filter on so that it it smooths out your appearance. I, that was completely new information for Christine. She'd never heard that before. And, and so she was getting new stuff out of it. I was getting new stuff out of it because everything I had to consider describing, it's like, oh man, I hadn't even realized that this had a look, a proprietary look. This has a, there's a visual element to Zoom that is beyond just the basic communication of, you know, me and my screen, you and yours. There's the layout, there are the filters, there's the bloopers, all of these different things. And so it wasn't until someone asked and kind of reminded me that this is worth thinking about. When we got the request, we did the episode. It turned out to be, I think, one of our one of our most fun and, and just like giggly episodes that we've ever done. It was a good one. The bloopers were hilarious. I still have in my head the image of the Italian priest conducting mass, and he kept getting fedoras and like horn rimmed glasses and beards and stuff. <laughs> That's right. He had he had like a I still filter don't know on. How and or it why was, that happened? But yeah. it was just so freaking funny. It's like I was there, you know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, as a podcast who does an outtake show from time to time, I'm sure our listeners would be interested in your blooper episode whenever. <laughs> It comes up. <laughs> never happened, dude. It'll oh never God. happen. Oh, man. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Patreon exclusive. <laughs> oh, We've considered it and then gone, no, we're too off. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. We have wow, joked about doing a, a like talk description after dark for all the saucy yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's not that even a joke. On the that's a brilliant one. idea. I really think yeah. we should do that sometime. That would be well, good. I do too. In all seriousness, I mean, there are a, a lot of, you know, sometimes, especially, I mean, when you look at things that are maybe more adult related, and, and obviously we're not going to get too descriptive here, but in that sense, a lot of times blind people get walled off from those experiences. Totally true. You know, I'm not just talking like illicit images. I'm just talking about just things that are more adult oriented that might be left out of a description. You know, there's a lot of different ways that you can take that. Well, this For idea sure. came up because JJ and I were talking, we were just chatting before recording. He said, you know, I was out for a walk last night and I saw these three isolated incidents of people wearing t-shirts with absolutely outrageous slogans on them. And he described them and I was in pieces laughing, but they were, you know, 
pretty racy stuff. And so we weren't going to include it anywhere that we normally do podcasts. But we both, it's it's a kernel in our mind, both of our, our minds to do something like that, because I absolutely agree. And my other daydream is people watching. I want a podcast of just JJ hanging around and people watching in a park or something. Because again, it's like, and you can't just sit there and describe somebody, oh, that guy over there is picking his nose, you know, but it it's interesting. And people love people watching sighted people. It's a thing. It's a pastime. And I feel like, especially especially living in a big city that's multicultural and really diverse, I love my city and I love those parts of it. And I feel like I miss out on some of the more gamey stuff that, that happens yeah. that I just won't know about. And I guess when it comes to something like that, that almost leads us to a discussion of a big tenant of description and trying to remain unbiased, JJ. If you're doing a description, say, of a park and a whole bunch of people around, the goal would be to describe the people and what they look like without trying to make your own judgments about them. And you want the listener to be making that judgment, not yourself. That must be a big challenge there. It is. It, it, it absolutely is. Because, I mean, the idea that describers are neutral is central to the work, right? You're supposed to be neutral. But the fact is, there's. it's kind of impossible. You can't really be neutral. I have a uh, I have a background, I have biases that I am aware of and biases that I'm not aware of. So, you know, in normal, regular, straightforward description work, I do my best to keep that in check. But sometimes the work that we're doing with talk description to me, we can't be neutral. It's just, it becomes inappropriate. Some of the content, like you mentioned the George Floyd video, how could you possibly describe the George Floyd video from a neutral place like that would right. that's offensive you can't do that so we had to come up with a new version of neutral which is hard to define hard to to label but it was a lot about what we felt comfortable with and 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 we kind of we've put a few of these episodes out there where we kind of waited for some response like uh, uh, did we did we get did we hit the mark on this one? Uh, did we get the tone right? Did we get neutrality, you know, close? And so far, so good. I mean, we're we're always open to conversation, but I've been really pleased with the tone we've been able to strike with those more challenging episodes because you know neutrality is important. It's 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 a tough one. Yeah, the uh, the challenge there, absolutely. I, I'm not sure if that was your intent, uh, Christine. You were talking about COVID, but then in the middle of that, the the George Floyd uh, murder happens. And that's, that ends up being your episode one straight out of the gate, which I think is very powerful though, is, you know, those are images that, you know, I was just listening to that today and still learn things that I just never realized, you know, you almost end up being distant about it as a blind person sometimes. Cause you don't, yeah, you read about it on the news and you can yeah. hear the video and you can hear the, uh, you know, the chants and everything. But you don't just to hear, you know, one single still image described, True. And I look back on that and I think, whoa, we really had, had some guts to do that. We jumped in like deep. We, we jumped into deep water. And I, I still feel that it was a good thing that we did. And I remember at the time having that sort of inner monologue with myself because the video was very much available. And I thought, am I going to check this out? And I didn't. And I told myself, it's because I won't get the full impact, like I won't get all of the content. So I just won't subject myself to it, because it's not going to help anybody. And, you know, but then when we talked about it, it becomes a different choice. If there is description of that image available, 
then my choice is different. I have to truly decide, am I not going to engage with this content or am I going to engage with the content? So I feel like it's leveling the, the conversation in a unique way. Yeah, that was a really hard one. There's been several of those over the past several months. Uh, I, I like the timeliness. Uh, the day after the, the insurrection at the Capitol building, you came out with a special episode. I'm assuming you weren't really planning on pushing one out that day, but obviously you felt the importance of getting that out really quickly. JJ, that must have been interesting too. As you guys mentioned, as Canadians, you're a bit removed from the situation, but obviously you still know a lot about our country and the things that happen, and you know that what's going on there is not normal. Yeah, I mean, this is a position that Canadians are are often in, and, and you know, sometimes it's with comedy and observation, and sometimes it's with the politics. But you know, we're the next door neighbors, and we're watching, and <laughs> and and so we were certainly aware when it was happening that this was massive, and we knew we wanted to cover it right away. But the images and videos that were coming in. I mean, it was the Wild West, right? The images were being uh, put out there by the insurrectionists. They were being uh, flooding on social media. No one had, uh, no news organizations had really had time to vet them. So what we were describing was was raw. And so there were moments where we weren't entirely sure how the images that that we had fit into the big picture. We weren't exactly sure what part of the building they were taken in, if they could be trusted entirely. And there were moments that were unclear. And so while we were discussing and describing those images, we tried to make sure that the audience knew that, that what we were describing was raw and, and that context wasn't yet available. So we ended up doing another episode, a follow-up the next week, because by that point, there was some context available. And we could put some context to the images we had described in the first episode. We could advance the conversation. And we did get a lot of feedback from listeners that, that that they appreciated that, that not only that we came back to it, but that that when we originally described this, uh, some of these images, we weren't definitive about their meaning. You know, we tried to leave a lot of that open because it was all unfolding so quickly. And we just wanted to make yeah. sure that people had access. That was our goal there. So up to 40 episodes now. So go from talking about maybe doing a season of a few to pushing out more than one a week at the moment. Uh, where do you expect the podcast to go from here? Um, are you looking for sponsorships, funding? I see you're, you're looking at a Patreon as well. So uh, tell me about where you're at with the podcast and where you hope to take it in the next little while. Yeah, we both feel so good about the gap that the podcast is filling. And I think we all knew the gap was there, but sometimes you don't appreciate the gap until you start having it filled. And so we both feel really strongly that we want to continue. And so we're looking at funding sources and we do have a patreon page and so for those who don't know patreon is a kind of like a crowdsourcing subscription kind of thing so if someone likes your work they can become a monthly subscriber and that could be anything from one dollar a month to you know unlimited so it's a way that people can help us financially because we love the work and we also have <laughs> bills to pay so <laughs> we're always looking for foundations or organizations that are interested in accessible news, because I feel that that is what we're doing. Some of it is fun and just context based, like, you know, our dance episode, that's not breaking news, but still, 
it's a type of journalism. And definitely when things happen in the world that have visuals associated with them and are, are very current and important and a lot of images being shared, we're in a position to pounce on it and have something available the next day. So we feel like accessible journalism is sort of where we fit. So we definitely are always keeping our ears open for some partnerships and sponsorships that can help us to keep going. Do you have any specific benefits for Patreon uh, users or... That's a really interesting question. And JJ and I have bounced this back and forth a lot. And we have, we do. So the short answer is no, but the long answer is we considered that and we have ideas, but we also feel reluctant to make accessibility something that you only get if you pay for it. And this is what keeps us from doing things like, you know, talk description after dark and making it only available to patrons because we don't ever want to feel like, description becomes something elitist or something that you have to pay to get. Right. And so it's this weird paradoxic thing where we we want to do that and we value our patrons so so much. Each patron, I don't it does I mean it matters, but it doesn't matter how much you give. It it gives us a little squirt of happiness every time we get a patron and <laughs> the more we get, the more sustainable the work is, but we both have a big reluctance around that. So it, we're still working that out. We're still figuring out whether there's a way to offer exclusive things that don't exclude other people. And that's a yeah, a, a paradox we haven't figured out yet. Yeah. And we really do want to figure out ways that we can sustain this because the material's never ending. News is always unfolding. There's yep. always uh, something new on social media. And even if there wasn't, the kind of back catalog of world events and happenings and elements of life that have a visual component. It's never ending. We can keep doing this forever and ever and ever. So we want to make sure we have ways that can sustain it as a business so that we can keep providing this, what we think is interesting, valuable content that has a life beyond the podcast itself. Yeah. And a lot of the episodes, while they are current events, even if you go back a few months, this is a type of podcast where you can go back and browse through the older episodes. And if you heard one that we just talked about that sound interesting to you, go back in the feed. Of course, we'll link to everything at blindbargains.com in the show notes and go back in the feed and you can find you know some of the ones that we were talking about and many others. So a, a lot of this stuff it ends up being timeless in many ways. One of my favorite episodes was the Northern Lights, and that's truly timeless. And anyone could listen to that anytime and be totally transported. So they're not all events of the moment. There's lots that are really fun listening at any time. And the other thing is, you know, we'll be describing something, you know, we were describing what baseball looked like in the pandemic era. And yeah, as part of that description, I mentioned that the coaches in baseball wear the same uniform as the players which is just a funny little tidbit. It, you know, I didn't think much of it, but we got we got some response from people like, oh my God, I had no idea that the coaches wore the same uniforms and that will now impact how I understand baseball to be moving forward. You know, now listening to baseball on the radio has a new added little component. That little tiny piece of information now changes the game for that person as they move forward. And so, like, there are all kinds of little moments like that in life and uh, and in the podcast. So, any one of these episodes from, uh, you know, does it doesn't matter if it's uh, if it's breaking news or not. It can have a lasting impact and kind of be slotted into you know to life moving forward. 
I get way more jokes than I used to. Now I, it happens all the time. We'll do an episode and JJ will describe something. And then the next day, some joke goes by on Twitter and I'm guffawing because I get it. Whereas I would have just gone by and I don't know what that means. Skip. It's amazing. I love it. The uh, podcast is called Talk Description to Me. Of course, we'll link to everything on our website at blindbargains.com. But I'll have you guys uh, give out uh, contact info for the podcast or personally, whatever you want to do. Uh, I'll start with you, Christine and, and JJ. Sure, I, I'm happy to run it down. So our website is talkdescriptiontome.com. Our email address is talkdescriptiontome at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at talkdescription. And we are at on Facebook. We have a Facebook page that has some long URL. I can't remember. But if you look for Talk Description, that's how you will find <laughs> us. And uh, we are on Patreon. So Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash talk description to me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been a blast. I really uh, appreciate all the insight and uh, look forward to some more great episodes. Thank you. It's been great. Awesome. Thanks for having us on. Wow, that was really a fun interview to do and really appreciate Christine and JJ coming on. Hey, another JJ. I love it. I'm a Jason John though, and uh, he is a James uh, for middle name. So there you go. But uh, thank you so much for you guys. Really appreciate you coming on the show. It was a lot of fun doing that. Uh, we have more interviews in the pipeline, a couple that have already been uh, recorded and others coming up as well as we uh, see what happens around what would be virtual CSUN and there's other conferences as well. Uh, DQ has a new accessibility conference for free available this coming week as we're recording at least as well and a lot more going on. Of course, go to blindbargains.com for the latest. Twitter.com slash blindbargains is how you can follow us. If you want to follow Joe, he's at Ranger Station. All one word. And of course, you can email us as well, feedback at blindbargains.com. Let us know what you think. And let us know what types of guests and features you want to hear on the show. We'll try to do them a little more regularly again, but they might be shorter than in the past. So once again, experimenting with formats, because why not? It's a podcast. We can experiment. It's lots of fun. We appreciate you coming along for the ride. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Patrick, for dealing with all of our mishaps and everything else that's going on. Uh, we've had people asking for the outtakes show. I'm not sure if there's going to be one. There wasn't a lot of outtakes in 2020. There was no outtakes in 2020. In fact, I have that contention. No, that's not correct. But thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you. We'll see you next time. Bye. This has been another Blind Bargains audio podcast. Visit blindbargains.com for the latest deals, news, and exclusive content. This podcast may not be retransmitted, sold, or reproduced without the express written permission of AT Guys. Copyright 2021.